Welcome to the first episode of Snippets. I am your host for today, Dr. Pranesh Ravi. I am currently pursuing my Konya Fellowship at Shankar Netralaya Chennai. Today we shall discuss about keratoconus. I would like to thank Dr. Ramaraja Gopal, Director of Konya Services, for helping me with this topic. Hope you enjoy it. Now starting with what is keratoconus? Keratoconus is a non-inflammatory ectasia of the cornea associated with thinning and protrusion. It is usually asymmetrical and uh, bilateral in presentation, but it can also be unilateral. Next, coming to associations of keratoconus, they can be classified into systemic and ocular associations. In systemic associations, uh, we have atopy, which is the most common. The cost factorial being constant eye rubbing, thereby leading to microtrauma, thereby molds the cornea, making it more keratoconic. The others are uh, Down syndrome and uh, connective tissue disorders like Ehlers-Danlos, osteogenesis imperfecta, and also mitral valve prolapse. Next, coming to ocular associations, we have universally known vernal keratoconjunctivitis and also retinitis pigmentosa and Leber's congenital amaurosis. Jumping to the pathophysiology of keratoconus, it is the degradation of proteins constituting the extracellular matrix at the biochemical level, which is responsible for progression of keratoconus, and also associated apoptosis of corneal keratocytes. As far as inheritance is concerned, keratoconus is usually autosomal dominant with an incomplete penetrance with a higher risk in first-degree relatives. So now, how do you diagnose a patient who is having keratoconus? Usually, a patient with keratoconus shall present with complaints of progressive gradual blurring of vision or distortion of vision and frequent change of glasses. But they can also present with complaints of photophobia, glare, and monocular diplopia. So, as far as signs are concerned, we have different signs which can be elicited by different investigative modalities. I shall enumerate them as follows. Starting with retinoscopy, you have or you can visualize a high irregular myopic astigmatism with scissoring reflex and also an oil droplet reflex can be seen. Now, on slit lamp examination, we can see Vogue strae. Vogue are nothing but vertical lines which can be seen at the level of the posterior stroma which disappear on applying pressure which is very helpful because this can help us differentiate between the anterior subepithelial scar from the posterior oxtray. You can also see prominent corneal nerves and as I told, subepithelial scarring, which can be exacerbated by contact lens wear. Then we have the fleasures ring. Uh, the fleasures ring is deposition of ferritin at the basal epithelium, so which can be seen at the base of the cone. It can be partial or complete. The ring becomes more formed and more visible as the keratoconus progresses. This can be easily visualized using cobalt blue filter, which can be seen as a dark silhouette in a blue background. The cone, as it progresses, protrudes further and sags down inferiorly, but superior keratoconus has also been documented. Maximum thinning is usually noted at the apex. And also it is important to note that the scarring is responsible for the glare and loss of contrast sensitivity in keratoconus. Now coming to photokeratoscopic signs, we can visualize ovalization of Myers and compression of Myers. 
moving ahead to video keratoscopic signs we can see localized increase in the surface over which is usually at the inferior or the inferior temporal area of the cornea skewed radial axis and inferior superior diopteric asymmetry then coming to other important signs so these signs which i'm going to tell are, can be elicited using a torch light so to start we have risotti sign so risotti sign is the conical illumination of the nasal cornea when the pen light is shown on the temporal side and next we have the munson sign which is the v shaped indentation of the lower lid when the patient is looking down it is also important to note that if a patient having keratoconus presents with acute diminution of vision always a diagnosis of acute hydrop should should pop up in your mind it is but a rupture of the desmans membrane so when the desmans membrane gets ruptured you have the imbibition of fluid into the corneal stroma thereby leading to hydrops talking about differential diagnosis for patients having keratoconus you have pellucid marginal degeneration now going into detail about uh, pellucid marginal degeneration or pmd it is usually seen in older individuals more than 40 years of age and in pmd the ectasia is usually inferior and the astigmatism is against the rule compared to keratoconus where the astigmatism is with the rule thinning is usually seen above the ectasia and this thinning is characteristically having a beer belly configuration you can visualize a bell sign on thickness map it is also important to differentiate this entity from pellucid like keratoconus sometimes keratoconus and pellucid marginal degeneration can coexist the other differentials are posterior keratoconus and therian marginal degeneration now discussing about the various corneal imaging modalities in the diagnosis of keratoconus to start with we have the bosnlob keratometer where the keratometric values which are obtained are questionable because it takes only the center 3 mm into account other devices include the placebo based scanning slit seam flug and the oct based imaging of the cornea as of now only seam flug imaging is preferred which might be overtaken by oct based imaging in the future in these the posterior curvature usually carries more weightage in diagnosis as it is a sensitive indicator for the diagnosis of early keratoconus next coming to the classification of keratoconus based on the type of the cone and position we can classify keratoconus into nipple oval and globus type based on keratometry we have mild moderate and severe keratoconus where mild has a diopteric value less than 48 diopters moderate between 48 to 54 diopters and severe keratoconus having diopteric value more than 54 diopters then we have the amsler scrumeck classification which is not of much relevance today because it doesn't take the posterior curvature into consideration the newer abcd grading system can also be taken into account which is more relevant as it takes the packy data and the posterior elevation into consideration going on to the management of keratoconus initially for the management of keratoconus we start with glasses and ask the patient to go for a contact lens trial as he would be needing contact lens as the next step of management 
as far as contact lens is concerned uh we will always want to do a three point touch technique for the best fit of the contact lens and uh, the order of preference while dispensing a contact lens is uh, based on the grade of keratoconus we would want to start with a soft toric lens then go for a conventional rigid gas permeable lens then for a rose key and a mini scleral lens talking about intax intax is intracorneal ring segments where this is usually preferred for patients who are having a mild to moderate disease with no central scarring it usually improves the visual acuity by flattening the central cornea and reducing the astigmatism and also centering the cone the primary goal of intax is to improve the fit and comfort of contact lens wear and it is also important that when you think about intax you should always remember that the corneal thickness should be more than 4 minimum corneal thickness should be more than 450 microns and the average case should be less than 53 diopters coming to collagen cross linking it is a very important treatment modality it is also known as cxl or c3r it strengthens the cornea by increasing the collagen cross bridges so how does collagen cross linking work our primary aim is to allow riboflavin to percolate into the cornea and then we expose them with uva radiation which in turn will release free radicals and will be responsible for new collagen bond formation the common indication is usually a patient with progressive keratoconus as cxl would arrest progression most likely it is contraindicated in patients having central corneal thickness less than 400 microns previous herpetic infection and ocular surface diseases most commonly two protocols are followed uh, first is the classic dresden protocol and accelerated cxl the idea behind accelerated was that it was imperative to maintain a final dose of 5.4 joule per centimeter square so the time was decreased and radiation was increased to compensate for the final dose these can be carried out by scraping the epithelium or keeping the epithelium intact now worldwide epi on cxl is preferred over epi off because of faster recovery and acceptability in patients having thinner corneas but still epi off cxl is practiced widely in india now comparing conventional with accelerated cxl conventional have shown better results in comparison to accelerated maximum cross linking occurs at the anterior 300 microns and the effect of cxl post operatively can be assessed using the depth of the demarcation line this can be clearly delineated using a densitometry setting in pentacam pachymetry less than 400 microns pregnancy and collagen vascular diseases are contraindicated in cxl next going ahead with lens based procedures these are primarily preferred for patients who have stable keratoconus we have two options that is fakic iols and toric iols which do well with centered cones and not decentered cones toric iols are usually preferred for individuals more than 40 years of age and can correct an astigmatism of 4.75 diopters coming to keratoplasty we have two modalities available which are lamellar and full thickness penetrating keratoplasty this is usually reserved for advanced cones 
dalk is always preferred over penetrating keratoplasty as there is always a risk of endothelial rejection in full thickness if there is a dense central scar which is causing a significant diminution in vision and in patients post hydrops penetrating keratoplasty can be planned moving ahead with the management of corneal hydrops we know that the hydrops is due to a tear at the level of the desmans membrane so we need to approximate this tear to prevent further egress of fluid into the stroma we can start the medical therapy of hyperosmotic cycloplegics and topical antibiotics intracameral air injection can be tried but if you have an expansile gas then sf6 and c3f8 would be better options as they have longer action this can also be combined with compression sutures for a synergistic effect as we know the sequelae of hydrops is usually scarring but this scarring will also lead to flattening of the cone ensuring a better contact lens fit post hydrops that's it for keratoconus our next episode will be about covid-19 and the ophthalmologist thank you for your patience listening